everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports going up on a Tuesday. Christmas is almost here. Coming up on the show this morning, Jay Walker will join me in the 8 o'clock hour in studio. We'll have a little terrible tune Tuesday. We'll talk uh, all kind of stuff. A lot of football to dig into with Jay. Talk some college hoops as well. Uh, Gary Broadhead, Rage Cajun women's basketball coach, is set to join me. Coach Marlin uh, is going to join me next week since the Cajuns game against Loyola uh, didn't happen last night due to COVID in Loyola's program. The number one team in the NEIA, might I add. Um, we're going to go ahead and catch up with Bob next week. But Gary's coming up. to talk hoops, talk Christmas. And in studio, uh, James Butler, my friend, the former NFL and UL wide receiver who was in here yesterday and just for some odd reason was just an emotional wreck when I expected him to be cloud nine, happy as can be. And I said, dude, the woman in your life, you know, can I, could I maybe interview her to try to learn a few things about you, try to figure out why you are the way you are? And he was like, that's fine. So he will be coming in for a segment later this morning with the woman in her life. We're just going to refer to as uh, Mrs. GM, James's GM, the GM of James Butler. We're going to get to the bottom of this. That's coming your way as well a little bit later on. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Got a great show for you this morning. Looking forward to it. You know, we talked a lot of New Orleans Bowl yesterday. We talked about sort of the Saints win over the Bucks. Didn't break down a ton of the defense. We talked, you know, James was so hung up on Taysom Hill being Taysom Hill. I mean, what do you expect? But the defense shut out the Bucks, And Tom Brady was so fed up that he just tried to destroy the tablet. Tell me, tell me Tom doesn't care again whenever he's that upset. Of course he does. Guy's a winner. It's Tom Brady for crying out loud. You know? Dennis Allen asked afterwards about the game plan. He's like, I don't want to give all those things up. I'm not going to talk about that. Don't want to really give up anything about what we did in a game where we got a shutout against the Bucks. The Saints didn't give up a single score. They got games with Miami, Carolina, and Atlanta in week 16, 17, and 18. They're 500. But the win against the Bucks certainly changed the outlook of potentially making the postseason. Was Taysom Hill inaccurate? Yeah. Did he leave a clean pocket at times? Yeah. Is the Saints offense below average? Yeah. But what about the Saints defense? McCam Jordan was asked about Dennis Allen after the game. He's like, I'm not going to help you guys. I'm not going to help you guys get him another job. I don't want him going somewhere to be a head coach. He's one of the best D coordinators in the league. And I think what's what's one thing that might keep him in the Saints is, as I said yesterday, this fad right now that the NFL's in where, for the most part, most of your head coaching hires are offensive gurus. Maybe there will be a shift in that. And when there is, Dennis Allen should get his second shot at a head coaching job. Look, whenever Tom Brady has, has lost, and he's won more than anybody, but whenever he's lost, the formula usually is get pressure with the front four, have seven in coverage. That's what the Saints did. Every every now and then mix something up, but, you know, don't do that too much. The Saints sent five or more pass rushers against Brady 
I think I was reading this in Underhill's article six times, I think. Brady dropped back the pass 52 times. He didn't get an attempt off every time. Sometimes he got sacked. Other times he, you know, one time he tried to run for it and he turned it over. The Saints got there with the four-man rush, and that was the difference. It was the key. Hell, you can go back and look at Brady with the Patriots in the best regular season team ever. That was 18-0 and heading into the Super Bowl, only to lose to the Giants, who got what? A good, consistent pass rush with four men. Brady competed less than half his passes when the Saints only had a four-man rush. That's it. And Tampa, Tampa looked confused at times, but I, you know, were the were the Saints doing something incredibly exotic? They were just getting pressure. That's it. And Marcus Davenport, when he's in there, I said it yesterday. The man is a Ferrari, but one with a shoddy engine. Because the engine doesn't always work. You put the keys in the ignition, and some days it's like, well, not taking this out of the garage today. It's not working. But when that engine revs up, oh, I mean, you'd smoke Vin Diesel in a street race. Dennis Allen called Marcus Davenport the most disruptive player in the game. He is the player on the defense. He had a sack. He had other pressures. But really, it's what he does as a disruptor. I mean, the front four was just great. Cam Jordan was great. David Onyemata was great. The Saints kicker, I mean, knock on wood, he might go out Monday night and miss three extra points the way the season's gone. But Mahar, in a, in a game where there were all the points, every point in the game was scored by Brett Mahar. Three for three. Yeah. Yeah. The Saints played conservative on defense, and they shut out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa didn't really blitz much either. And Hill was under duress somewhat, and, you know, that was kind of the diff. but, you know, he did enough, didn't turn it over, and now here we are. We'll talk more Saints in the 8 o'clock hour with Jay Walker. We're going to talk some... Raging Cajun football with Jay as well. This is books. As I mentioned, James Butler's coming in here with uh, the woman in his life. We'll try to psychoanalyze him. Well, I'll continue to try to psychoanalyze him. Should be fun. We'll, of course, talk plenty of football. Gary Broadhead joins me next. Raging Cajun women's basketball coach. They wrapped up non-conference play. They are 8-2. and two. Handled Louisiana Tech at the Cajun Home on Sunday. We'll discuss that. number of other things. And uh, the best Christmas present coach ever got in his entire life. What was it? Don't go anywhere. We'll ask him that and more. It's all coming your way next. This is the Great Scott Show coming at you on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy 
aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sports book because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Full terms and conditions. Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Louisiana Rage Cajun Women's Basketball Kabadhead joins me now. He's not crazy about the music I play, but but he puts up with it. He puts up with me. Good morning, Coach. Merry Christmas. How are you? Good morning. Merry Christmas. Everything's great. Coach, I, I, I talked to you last Wednesday after the win against uh, LSU uh, Shreveport, and, and, you know, I think the – the theme afterwards felt like total team effort, right? You got contributions from everywhere. Then on Sunday, you guys improved to eight and two. You beat Louisiana Tech double digits, and it felt like, again, a total team performance. I know there's some games, Coach, in the past where you might have a player sort of, you know, that you lean on consistently. But I think just that team last year, the Sun Belt team, and how you would echo that message to is that you like the team sort of getting contributions from all over the place. So having those total team efforts in the last two wins, what is what some folks might say, well, look, your best player only did this. I I know for you, you don't look at it that way. It is a much more positive. We're getting contributions from everyone. And that's what we're going to have to do if we want to win conference again. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, I think on the offensive side, especially too, I mean, you got people that are, uh, you know, showing up, we're able to run our offense to where we, you know, involving everybody. Uh, I think that's a key. And I, I thought last night uh, was a perfect example of it. And it, actually what was great about it was for all four quarters. I mean, we were very consistent all four quarters. And that's kind of what we look for as a team is to try to be as consistent as we can. But, yeah, you're right. You know, I think we got it from everybody, you know. I mean, our bench points were like 16 or 18 points. And, I mean, that's big for us when you got, you know, people coming off the bench and, we can we can rely on 16 to 20 points a game. That, that's great. And then, you know, like you say, some of the key players, they did some other things too. You know, we, we talk about that. It's not just about scoring. It's about defending, rebounding, and, and just a complete game. Our assists were really up last night. So, yeah, I, you know, and when your assists are up, then you know you're playing a, a pretty good uh, a, a game where everybody's involved. Yeah, I talked to you, I guess it was maybe two weeks ago, we kind of focused in on Diamond Morrison and, um, you know, what what she brings to the table for you. 
a career high for her. I mean, when you when, when you're able to shoot the way that she was able to shoot, how does that open up the rest of the offense? Oh, it does. You know, it opens up that inside game. You know, she's a shoot. I mean, she's mainly a three point shooter. Not a great jump shooter like pretty much everybody else. A great jump shooter. She's a great. She's a really good three point shooter. And she was just being a little inconsistent at the beginning of the year. But the great thing from her is we see it in practice. You know, the last two weeks of practice, man, the ball was going in for her and. You know, she started getting more confident. I thought she had a great game. But it, it, you're right. You know, it just opens up the inside game, especially at a high-low game. You know, she did the, she'll, she'll, we'll run something, and we'll run it to the high post area, then all of a sudden they got to run at her. And uh, she either gets the shot or she gets it into Ty. Um, Ty said. So, you know, it just creates a lot of problems. And it, it creates a lot of drives, too. I thought we were doing a better job of, of diving, too. You know, we, we like to hang out at the three, just like everybody in America does. Uh, at the guard play, and we've really been working on just diving. You know, when the ball goes inside, dive from the opposite side and stuff. And I thought we did a great job last night. So, yeah, we're getting better. You know, we still got some ways to go, but it looked like we were more comfortable last night. It's 69 to 57, the final Sunday. Louisiana wrapped up non conference play with an 8 and 2 record. You didn't get nine conference uh, really last year, coach, and, and opening up the way you are. I mean, you did, but. Last year just feels like an eternity ago. It was a weird season. And I think the way that you approached non-conference in a, in, in a year like, I guess the way you approached everything last year was just different with COVID. This year, it felt slightly more normal for obvious reasons. So I feel like you can assess it in an 8-2 and two record overall. You got conference play that starts, you know, on the 30th, but... Ultimately, what are some of the things you wanted to get out of your non-conference schedule that you did, and what are some things you feel like, okay, we wanted this, we're not there yet, but but we're we're getting close. Well, you know, I think we you know we saw different type of teams, you know, that we played against. You know, LSU was the big team that you know big and physical, and then we went play Houston. They were very very athletic, and you know those were our two losses, but actually got a lot out of those games, you know, because we were able to recover from those losses and. And, and get better, you know. So, I mean, that was the big thing is, you know, you try to match up teams that might play a little bit like Troy, uh, like Little Rock. Uh, you know, you, you, you try to find those games to where you can start to work on some of the things that they may do to you and see how these youngsters are, are able to adjust to them. And I think that's what the biggest thing to me is, even though we had some injuries and we had some people out, whoever was stepping in seemed to be getting better. And that's how we approached the in our non-conference, can we get better at what we do? At you know our plan, our system, uh, and you develop that culture of confidence. And I think that was the thing. I think we're very confident compared to last year before last conference. Um, and I didn't feel, and we all actually the only loss we had was our first game in conference. So I didn't feel we were as confident, you know. And I think that's the big thing: confident, comfortable. Uh, is important on the women's side, I think, you know, so they can feel that they're ready to go. And, you know, I was, I was impressed, you know, we had some tough practices, you know, we're doing uh, maybe some longer practices because we're out of, uh, you know, our classes and all that. And I thought uh, the adjustments we made and the effort that we saw from the kids and it just pays off, you know, we, we hopefully we can continue that. Louisiana Ragin Cajun, Women's basketball coach Gary Broadhead catch Louisiana Rage Cage women's hoops right here on ESPN Lafayette. Conference play begins December the 30th. You get to be in conference play 
at home this year. I want to I want to circle back. Uh, you look at Tamara Johnson, the game against LSU Shreveport. They gave me Louisiana Tech. Two different stat lines, but when it when it comes to Tamara, you have said multiple times, and you said it this past week that she's the key, and you've expounded on it a little bit. But um, why do you feel like she is the key, as you put it? And 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 what what does she do that? you know, either opens things up for you or, or, you know, if she's not doing everything, she, you know, not getting the most out of it, it makes things more difficult. Why is she in your mind the key? Well, I think for us, it's um, a situation where she's got so much talent, you know, she's a six foot guard hybrid. I mean, she can play multiple positions and stuff. So it makes it difficult if we play her at the four and bring her out for some of the other teams to guard her because she can shoot the ball, she can penetrate, she can rebound. She's probably our one of our best defenders. So she brings a lot of that to the table. But she doesn't. She kind of lets the game come to her. She doesn't force the game. She doesn't need to score to be productive. And that was one of the things that I thought. I said, man, it's going to be difficult to replace Brandy Williams because I just didn't see any that fit that bill. But, man, at that four position, over the years in the Sun Belt, the Southland, some of these other the four players that can kind of score and do be like guard hybrid type player can kind of help take over the game. And that's what, that's what my thought, you know. She's so coachable. She's, I mean, a 4.0 student. She just brings everything. And I just, I just, I mean, I knew she was going to be good out of high school, but I didn't think she was going to be this good. And this prepared, you know, they they prepared her. I mean, her she she knows the game. Her IQ is high, uh, so she brings a lot, you know. And sometimes my expectations are a little bit too high for her, but she accepts them, you know. And she works hard. And to me, I think that's what it is at our level, you know. When a kid comes in, they need to be able to have the ability to work. I think that's I think that's an important part of them developing into something that we may need for our team. And that's just, you know, for me, uh, seeing the ability for her to score, to rebound and defend is big, you know, to be able to do all those aspects really good. I think it will be uh, productive for us. Louisiana women's basketball coach, Gary Broadhead, our guest coach. I like to highlight a player sometimes when you and I chat. And since it's Christmas week, I think it's fitting. I ask you about Skylar Christmas. She uh, she she comes off the bench for you. She's she's a freshman, um, but you know, seeing the point guard out of Slidell uh, come off the bench this season. I know she got you know the game against LSU Shreveport. I think she played almost twenty minutes. So that was the most I'd seen of her. I know she got in the game. She played for you. She gave you some uh, some assist and a rebound against Louisiana Tech. But just highlight this player for us and uh, and what you know why you wanted to recruit her and what you think her future looks like at UL. Well, she's one of those kids that's a true point guard. You know, she comes in, you know, she might be a little bit on the smaller side, but she's very, very quick, fast, athletic, uh, shoots the ball extremely well, uh, can pass the ball, but still learning the game, you know. Uh, we laugh at her because she, she played in a non-structure type uh, um, AAU team and a non-structure kind of high school team. And I actually saw our high school coach uh, the day before yesterday when I was recruiting. And uh, that was his main statement. I told her, stick with it. You know, got to make sure that you get uh, Coach Barthead so structured. And, and so that's what she's kind of learning, you know. And I, we figured it would take a year. Defensively, you know, she needs some work and all that. But 
you know, she practices hard, great kid, great grades. Uh, you know, just everything about her is, uh, is what we liked, you know, what we saw we liked. But, yeah, it's just going to be a work in progress. You know, she's getting some playing time. And, uh, as soon as, you know, that's what we tried to uh, do in the non-conference was to get her some playing time. So, you know, we're going to need – I mean, we're down to nine, ten kids. We're going to need her to play some minutes. Uh, you know, Destiny Rice is at another level. And if we can – if we can, you know, have some uh, sub where we don't lose too much for a few minutes from Skyler, that would be great, you know. And I think she un- she's starting to understand that. Uh, her last two weeks have been really, really good in practice and all that. And, you know, that's where they get their playing time. I think they get the development and playing time and in, in, uh, coming to practice and working hard. Skyler Christmas, uh, got a bright future. Speaking of Christmas, Coach, before we let you go, What's a what's a Christmas memory maybe from your childhood or sometime earlier in life that, you know what, man, I'll never forget when I got this for Christmas. Man, I tell you what, man, this was a, a long time ago. We lived on Verot School Road, and uh, my wife was my next-door neighbor, and everybody had a three-wheeler or something, and I, I never had that. This is young. I'm probably maybe 10 years, 9, 10 years old. And my dad was a, my stepdad was a mechanic, and he won some kind of he won some kind of gift or whatever from an auto shop for selling the most shocks or whatever. And it was a mini bike. And man, I got that thing. I mean, we rode it to. I mean, we we rode it till it couldn't roll no more. And to me, that was the best, one of the best Christmas and best Christmas gift I ever got. Uh, so yeah, I still think of it all the time, man. Rode until the wheels fell off at, at one time. <laughs> it, yeah, the wheels came off, and I think the I think the, the uh, we threw it in the trash or whatever. I, I don't know where it went, but boy, we had everybody in the neighborhood rode that thing, and we flipped it, and we had injuries on it, and but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Good stuff. Uh, Louisiana Raging Cajun Women's Coach Gary Broadhead has been our guest, uh, Coach. I appreciate you taking the time. Merry Christmas uh, to you and the family. I hope you enjoy the holiday. All the best, and uh, we'll chat again as you get ready to take on uh, conference play around the corner. In the meantime, try to enjoy a little bit of the holidays, Coach. Sounds great. Merry Christmas to all Acadian and all the Cajuns. And, uh, you know, wish you a Merry Christmas too, Scott, and uh, go Cajun. All right. Good stuff from Coach Broadhead. Coming up next, James Butler. My dear friend, the former NFL wide receiver, Super Saints fan. He was in here yesterday morning with me for an hour, and and I was I've just James is just like a bundle of emotions, and I was trying to figure out why he was upset when it was like a Monday where I thought he was going to be as happy as I'd ever seen him. And you all won the New Orleans Bowl, the Saints shut out Tom Brady. It was like, here he comes. He's going to be like talking about, you know, the Saints winning the Lombardi. He's going to be going totally over the top of this fandom. It's going to be funny. It's going to be great. He's going to be happy. And he seemed to be upset and sad. And I was like, wait, I said, I need to talk to the woman in your life to try to get, will she come in here so we can better understand you? Like, where's this coming from? And she has agreed. We're not going to give out her real name on the radio. We're going to respect her privacy. We're just going to call her James's GM, the GM. She is in studio with James for one segment. And I have some legitimate questions that we're going to have to ask next. Jay Walker in the 8 o'clock hour. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Coming at you on a Tuesday morning. It is almost Christmas. And my my dear friend James Butler, the gift that keeps on giving, is, uh, is back for more. Former UL wide receiver, former Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Saints super fan, was in studio with me yesterday for an hour. And he was... Oddly enough, he was like sad. He, he came in and he said he was mad. Then he said, well, I'm not mad. I'm sad. And he said he was just, you know, he was like the Wolverine meme where he's looking at Jameis Winston. And and, and I, I said, man, I would love to just talk to the woman in your life because she, God bless her. I mean, she must be special because I'm – as your friend, I'm just trying to understand you better. And I said, if she came in tomorrow, do you think you think she would do that? Do you think she would come in to the studio with you for a segment? And you said, I, I think so. And so here we are. She's here. Welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I'm I'm good. So what? how would you describe your taste in men, first of all? I mean, that's... <laughs> um, I like them dramatic, I guess. Oh. <laughs> messed up well you you knock this one out the park for sure <laughs> that's messed up so what what is what is james like first of all good morning james it's good to see you again my friend you merry doing, christmas what, what is it. james like when he is watching oh, it, well, oh let, let's let's just start with so let's say it's not the saints or it's the cajuns or or the pelicans where he's very you use the word dramatic i think that's a good way to describe it i'm guilty that's fine mm-hmm. what's he like just watching like if it's just a basic game He's still very high strung. <laughs> so if he's just watching just the lions and the bears, he gets he gets. Let, let me tell you, he cannot listen to the commentators at all. He has to have his own music. He doesn't like anything. If I'm talking to him, he's like, okay, but the game is playing. <laughs> and this could be a like if it's fantasy. I just might as well just stay in the background, wait till the commercial, then talk. So fantasy football is the driver of this, but he told me that you're like a co-GM with him. Is that true? Not co-GM. She is I am the GM. GM. So, you, so she is the GM. She is the yeah. GM. So, I was appointed GM. So what is your role on this team? Um, I tell him what to do, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so whenever Is he, that your role in, in life or in fantasy football? In fantasy football. <laughs> I still tell him what to do in real life. Okay, and okay. I know what I'm doing. There you go. <laughs> but so in fantasy, the it's like, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So does, has he ever blamed you for losses in fantasy of football? Of course. But, in, but he, yeah, that's wrong. So he, he puts you in a position so he can just pass blame. Wait, let me say something. <laughs> it, it's crazy you bring that up because so the fantasy football playoffs started yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I literally told her yesterday because we didn't make the we didn't make the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, dang, like we didn't make the playoffs last year, but we made it this year. And I said, you really did a you you did a great job. We're going to evaluate your contract. <laughs> 
<laughs> after this game and we're going to extend it. And she was like, oh, okay. And then I said, but why you didn't do your job last year? So we could have made the, <laughs> so we could have made the playoffs. I mean, like, he just he gets hung up on things. Oh, he, he just can't seem to let some things go and enjoy the moment. There he is. No, he he, he claims to be like just vibrant in sports fandom, and I love when my teams win. And yet he just focuses on the negatives. Like yesterday, UL wins the New Orleans Bowl. The Saints shut out Tom Brady, and he's upset because well, Taysom he's got to play better, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. You guys are currently in the playoffs. This They started this past week, and there's more games today on Tuesday, so they're not done yet. You might advance, and he's sitting here bickering about last year, and he's blaming you. How listen, do you I mean, how do you deal with this? Can I say something for a second? No, this is her, this is her <laughs> segment. Okay. He's just a very emotional guy when that's it what comes I t- to the Saints. That's what I tell him. He's that's very okay. upset about uh, his boy, Jameis. Yeah, very upset. <laughs> All right. So okay. he's getting upset right now. James, yeah. I'm sorry. Let's, let's you see his face. He's say getting... something nice about him. He looks like Charlie Brown over there. His head is down. <laughs> nah, because, you know, you're right. I am extremely invested into these things. Listen, when the Saints are playing, I cannot keep still. Like, I have to walk I around. Yeah. Because I it's like mm-hmm. I get so anxious in that I have to, like, I cannot sit still and watch the game. If they're winning, like the Green Bay game, when it was a blowout, I was sitting there. It was cool. I was enjoying myself. But when it's close, I have to like walk around, pant, you know, panting. I'm just like panting. You're yeah. Oh, panting, panting. Got yeah. It, got it. Okay. So I'm just like I'm. 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 I can't sit there. I'm, I'm going to get something to drink. I'm going to get, get some paper to drink. bag. I'm coming back. Like I'm. I'm. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. The UL game, for example. Now I have to work five. I have to be. On the clock at 5 a.m., okay? Oh, my gosh. Now, the UL game started at 8. It's midnight at this point, and I'm literally so wired that I cannot go to sleep. You just stayed up. I, I just, like, I could not go to sleep, dude, because I was just, like, I, like, I'm so invested into these things. I think maybe part of it is your, your – I know the job makes it difficult. Maybe it's – well, no, you know what? I was going to say maybe the sleep cycle has something to do with the, the – the whirling dervish of emotions that right. is James Butler. But I think that's just, I think it's just embedded in you. It is. I think it's just part of who you it are. It is. I, I'm, I'm very, like, emotional when it comes to these things. All right. You know, that's okay. I, I I see now where you draw a lot of your strength from. You're a lucky man. I appreciate Obviously, it. she takes good care of you and your family. And Tell her to do a job, though. Oh, Let's tell see, her to do a job. you know what? <laughs> let me give you, look, as a friend, let me just give you some advice, James. Just don't mess it up. I, I get that. Just don't mess it up. I get that. Don't, don't be blaming cool. her for stuff that's right. that's your fault. Didn't How is it my play- fault? We're, we're going to the playoffs, right? We are in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs, because playoffs of right? Who? Right, you're right. Okay. You're right. That, All right. That's all we need to know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> all right, you're so right. James' is, uh, GM in life is uh, is in studio with us this morning, ESPN Lafayette. I think we're now starting to understand James a little bit more. And with that, I asked you yesterday – about New Orleans Bowl, and you, mm-hmm. you know, the guy doesn't doesn't wear any jewelry. He's he he dresses for the job, or he dresses for Phantom. That's what he does. He said you just keep your jewelry. Just the, the four New Orleans Bowl rings are just in the closet. Just in the closet. I is look it, at them. From is time that to time. is that because you're allergic to rings? Like, is there an uh, an underlying message man. here? No, man. No, Scott. Dang, on, I see Scott. you choosing violence. Come on, you choosing Scott. violence this morning. I love it. Scott is choosing violence Where? this morning. Put some pressure you, on him, Scott. Are you allergic to rings? What's going on here? I'm not, I'm not allergic to rings. Why Why are you? 
You know what, Scott? I agreed to come on this show because, you know, I thought she was my friend. I am but your I friend. See, I, see you I am giving you advice. I am giving you advice. I appreciate it. I am giving you advice, man. You know, Trust you, me. You could have given me advice off air. You know, like you said, when the Saints, you know, had zero chance to win. I didn't you, say you that. You could have said. I didn't say that. You could have said you know things that's not off true. air. And then, you know, it would have been cool. But I see where you're going. I think he's that. feeling uneasy now. That's fine. No, no, I'm good. I'm cool. All right. I'm I cool. mean, why is your voice getting high like this? Right. I mean, it's it seems right. like you're... You put me on the spot, man. I wasn't expecting it, but that's cool. <laughs> that's all right. I love it. You said yesterday that you don't, you know, you're like, I don't things I just keep them away. And I thought, man, that's, you know. Scott, would you wear... Like a big old. No, no, we're like, not talking about New Orleans bull rings. I mean, okay. at this point, just okay. rings in general. I'm just asking. I'm you just keep to... saying, I want, just, I want a ring. I want a ring. Like it'd be the Saints. I mean, you know, maybe other people want a ring too. You yeah, know? you're right. You're right, Scott. You're right, man. All right. Ne- next subject. As your friend. <laughs> right. Next subject. You know what? <laughs> next subject. I want to thank her for coming in. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Which, before I let you go, and, and I talk some sports with, with my friend James Butler, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh my gosh! Die hard. No, what? <laughs> it has to be the second Home Alone. Home Alone two, Lost in New York. Yes. Okay. I love that one. She <laughs> likes that one. She <laughs> likes that one. They're adults in pain in yes. the Home Alone movies. Kind of like James right now. He's, he looks like he's, no, he's good, in pain man. yesterday, this morning. I'm I was. Good, man. I'm good. You set me up for the kill, but that's okay. That's not true, man. I'm just, it's, it's just trying good. to be a good friend. It's all good, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for coming in. <laughs> sure, is this you your first time me. on the radio? Why you ask yeah. me what my you favorite guys, Christmas movie was? I'm going to, James. Okay, you just it. asked her to get off the mic. You see? I'm going to. I promise you. All right. It was great. Thanks for coming in. Merry thank Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Now, James is... Let me let me hang you this cloth. Wipe that sweat off. You got it? No, nah, man, I'm good, forehead. man. But you you trying to get me in trouble, man, I see. So it's all good. I wouldn't have. You remember you said you was going to invite me over to, my, to your house? Sure. I'm, I got some ammunition for you. Okay. Oh, my God. Is that a threat? Not like that, man. You know <laughs> What's what going mean? on here? You know Jeez. what I mean, Scott. Come on, You're going to... You see, there, this is this is what you you think you could tell my my wife or kids something they don't already know about no, me that right. they make fun of me for, <laughs> yeah, and they right. already know all of it. Yeah, you're right. They already know all of it. You're right. I'm just, I'm just that guy there. Um, but no, before we before we make some picks for next week in the NFL, because they have games today, we're not we're not able to go over our last week's picks. We will we will make some picks this week. What is your favorite Christmas movie? The Grinch. The Grinch. Do you like just the which one? The original with Jim Carrey. Oh. Really? Yeah. Okay. What is that a different Grinch that no. I don't know about? Well, I mean, there's like the old, old, like original cartoon, but it's not really a movie. So technically, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. the Grinch. When they came out with the cartoon a few years ago with um Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The voice of Benedict Cumberbatch. It's quite a name there. It's quite a name. James is James is ready to talk about football. What's right your favorite now. Christmas movie? Uh I like It's a Wonderful Life, a classic. That is a good movie. I like Home Alone and I like Bad Santa, I gotta be honest. Bad Santa? It's I've never seen not it. it's 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 not suitable for it's you should be of age to watch Bad Santa. Um Does it have a good storyline in it though? Oh yeah. It's it's I think it's brilliant. And it's funny, but it's kind of like it's like a dark comedy. Like, it's okay. funny, but you're also... Yeah. 
Either people love it or hate it. I'll put it that way. If uh, if you get easily offended, everybody maybe don't watch Bad Who's Santa. in it? Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. And he's... I don't think anyone else could have played the role either. He, okay. He he nails it. He's an old alcoholic. There's 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 heist involved in terms of him and oh, an, an okay. elf that they go town to town. And then he's just depressed. And then he meets a kid who's like, thinks he's the real Santa. And he kind of like brings him out of his funk a little bit. Yeah. So there's... It's like kind of raunchy comedy, but there's this human element like tied into it of like, right. man, he's he, he this kid that's like kind of a loser that thinks he's the real Santa and he's helping this kid and this kid's in weird way in some ways helping him. I, I think it's I, I haven't watched it in a while. I need to check it out. I probably don't even remember how crude some of it is, but it stuck with me. I like it. It's a Wonderful Life, old black and white, but classic. And that then, is a good movie. And then Home Alone. I mean, we had to watch that in class. It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It, you know, makes you appreciate. I think I think it holds up. Uh, let's talk football. You ready? Let's get it. Titans, bit beat up right now. Niners in the mix. I'm sure Saints fans are rooting heavy for Tennessee up. Thursday. Yeah. Boy, let me make sure I get my Wait, so as it stand, stands right now, well, where are the Saints in the... Well, it, 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 some of it had to do with last night's games. Let's just say that... Um, Breakers and everything else. There's still there's still some work to do. So the Saints okay. are right in the mix for the seven, and they they just they got to just keep winning. And that seven seed only exists because of the expansion on the playoffs, right? Yeah, they they expanded it. It was the last first year, year yeah. so and yep. that's the only reason why Tampa got in, right? Or last year, no, 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 no. They it were the was, six. They the were seven. they were the five. They were the five last year. Yeah, and they had a better record than the four. But Washington was the the seven seed was Chicago, right. and the Saints beat them. Chicago okay. was okay. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You showed sure um, right. yeah, All right, right. so uh, week 16 picks. Uh, San Francisco and Tennessee, who you got? San Francisco is hot, man. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Tennessee. Okay, James is taking the Titans. Remember the Titans. That's We've talked about that one. That's yep. a classic. Uh, Cleveland at Green Bay on Christmas. Green Bay. Yeah, especially Cleveland coming off a short week. The Colts and the Cardinals, who just got punked by the Lions. Colts. Colts are hot, man. I'm taking the Colts, too. The Cardinals, that's the second straight year they might be hitting like a late-season swoon. The Lions and the Falcons. Lions. I may not pick the Saints every week. But I will never pick the Falcons. Listen, you can offer me. You can say it's a 100% chance. If you pick the Falcons, you'll win some money. I I I probably will pass on the money. Oh, 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 well, let me let me ask you this: since we have the the, the fantasy GM still in here, mm-hmm. have you ever had a Falcon on your fantasy football team? Shame on you, James. <sighs> Shame! You don't even know. Your yes. silence says it all. I've played fantasy football since nineteen ninety four. Never had a Falcon on my. I have Kyle Pitts don't you, on my don't team. You, don't you question my fandom. I feel you, man. All right. Uh, Rams at Vikings. Oh, that's going to be a good game. But I'm going to have to go with the Vikings. Yeah, I, I don't. All right. I'm going to pick the Rams because I don't want to have all the same picks as you. It feels like one of those games the Vikings would win. It's like a noon game. It's not the featured game. Right. It's like those are the games where Kirk Cousins goes off, and then when he's on national TV and everyone's watching, it's like, man, he's terrible. He's so hot and cold. Yeah, man. yeah, big time. Um, Ravens at the Bengals. Hmm. 
Man, I'm going to take the Ravens, though. I'm going to take, uh, all right, I'm going to take the Bengals. Are you doing that because you just want to go opposite of me? Are you doing no, I, I remember their game earlier this year in terms of the matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm rolling with Cincinnati. But the Ravens haven't been playing bad, though. No, no. They're, 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 I mean, they've lost the last three games by four total points. I mean, they're right there. Yeah. But uh, but I like I like the Bengals in that moment. I like them at home. The Jaguars, without Urban Meyer, obviously better without him, at New York, the two worst teams in the league, the game that no one will be watching, Jags-Jets. Oh, you could have been talking about the Giants too, though. Well, the Giants are better than the Jets. Jags. I'm going to go with the Jets. You're going to go with the Jets? I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to take the Jags. He's just doing that to be opposite. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. If Urban Meyer was still there, I would definitely take the Jets. But I think you get rid right. of a coach, and now you have a whole week to kind of process yeah. it. Last week, it was just, a, you know. Do you think Byron Leftwich is going to get that job? I think he should. I think, I think it would be, be cool. I think he should. Who would you want working? Like, how many guys? How many other guys other than Leftwich would you want working with Trevor Lawrence? Like, it seems, right? Right. right. Uh, the Giants, as you put it, and the Eagles. Eagles. Need the Giants to, well, but we need, yeah. Saints need the Giants to win, but it's going to be the Eagles. Tampa Bay, fresh off a shutout where they scored zero, meaning nothing, meaning they could they didn't even run a play in the Saints' red zone at Carolina, who seems to have packed it in for the season. You know what? This is a quick segue to me saying the same way we feel about the Falcons is the same way Tampa Bay wants us to feel about them. Mm-hmm. I'm not against picking Tampa Bay because I don't hate them like I hate the Falcons. No, no, they're just whatever. But why do they hate us so bad? I don't understand. Shutouts. It's like they just don't. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm going to take, man, honestly, I'm going to take Carolina and upset. Okay, I'll take the Bucks. Of course you did because you took the Bucks, Bucks every other time. Every time we made picks, you picked the Bucks. Mm, that's not true. That is very true. The Chargers and the Texans. Last time we did this, you picked the Texans, and you were right. First of all, I picked the Lions, and I was right. Mm. Against the Cardinals. Credit. So, I mean, obviously I know what I'm talking about. Sure. But let's see. The Texans and who else? And if you don't know what you're talking about, you just blame it on your co-GM there. Uh I'm sorry, the GM. The Chargers and the Texans. Man, the Texans. I'm taking the Chargers. The Texans are playing good, man. So you're taking the Texans. No, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm not doing that. The Bears at the Seahawks. The battle to see who could care less or who couldn't care less. I'm going to take the Bears. All right, I'll take the Hawks. He's just going opposite of me on purpose. The Steelers and the If you're as great as you say you are, why would I do that? The Steelers and the Chiefs. I'm Where's the game? It's in Kansas City. Is it a primetime game? It is an afternoon slot, so the okay. national it's America's game of the week. I'm gonna take the Steelers. All right, I'll take the Chiefs. Denver at Vegas. Vegas. Washington at Dallas. Sunday night football. Washington. All right. I think. Well, you didn't say who you picking for? Uh, the Cowboys. You taking the Cowboys? Taking the Cowboys. No, I'm we're talking the about Ra- the Denver. The, I'm taking the Raiders. Okay. And you're taking who? The Raiders as well. Right. And then uh, Monday Night Football, Dolphins Saints. Listen, the Dolphins suck. Okay, like but they've won like six in a row against terrible teams. 
they like went down to the wire against the Jets. They suck. Okay. All right. With that being said, yesterday you said they were a good team. Yeah, they because they're on a win streak. But I mean, it's but hard to go on win suck. streaks. But you know, who who have they played these last six games? The Jets. They got the Jets twice. I think the Texans were in there. They okay, get a win exactly. against the Ravens on Thursday night. The Robert Hunt game. That was amazing. That was awesome. That, that was amazing. But um, we could skip that because you already know who I'm picking. All right, I'll take the Saints as well. About a blowout, like forty-two, seven or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <coughs> You think you think Taysom Hill and the Saints offense is going to score forty two? Forty two to seven. All right, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it's blowout, but I will pick a Saints win. Monday Night Football. I just want to say that just in case there's some Dolphins fans listening. What um, what do you want for Christmas, James? <sighs> Health. I'm glad that I'm healthy, and I'm good with that. What do you want for Christmas, man? You're so you're not asking for anything. You're just being thankful yeah, for health. I'm just being thankful for health. What do you think your the woman in your life would want for Christmas? I know what she wants. That's between me and her. Okay, okay. I, I don't want to put it out there. All right, all right. Got it. Got it. You know. Uh, what do I want? I think if the Saints got in the playoff, I'm not going to be greedy. I mean, obviously, I'd want the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen. So, what's something I want that's in the realm of possibility? If they got into the playoffs and like upset someone even if they lost the next week if they knocked out the two seed i would i would i would that would be one of those wins you just put on the wall and you enjoy forever you're like man remember yeah remember when remember when they knocked the bucks i remember when they ended the cowboys like whatever it might be that you got to get there to do it and then when you get there you're going to be a heavy underdog but if that happened someone told me like early and someone told me before the season started they're like if you could sign up today and just get one playoff win this year and that's it would you i'm like dude with this team yes Right. And that was before all the injuries. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would sign up with that for uh, in a second. It'd be great. I think if you if you play against the Cardinals or I don't think I don't think the Cardinals are gonna be the two seed. The way they're playing, the Rams might end up getting the the division yeah, at right. this point. You're right. Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, or Packers. Probably one of them will be the two seed. Rams, probably Bucks. Cowboys, Packers, or Bucks. It'll probably be one of those teams. You imagine ending one of their seasons as a seven seed with Taysom yeah. Hill? Like they, yeah. Saints would have no business winning the game on the road, and if yeah. they did, oh man! But it would be. I was texting uh, my mom, and she was telling me about when um, Sean Payton got COVID and he wasn't going to be coaching. I said, "Now watch we win this game because that's what the Saints do. They they do stuff like that." I said, "Watch we win." And that's what happened. So what you're saying is not far fetched. It's definitely going to happen. Okay. Well, you would take it a step further, but at least we're at least I will meet you that far until okay. the fork in the road happens and then What's the fork in the road when I say I mean when they you know going winning the rest of their games winning the Super Bowl, I mean I'm I objectively You don't think it's possible to win the rest of the games though? In the regular season it's possible, yeah. especially if they win Monday, absolutely. I think Monday is going to be tougher than Carolina and Atlanta, honestly. So we have you have, Carolina, at, you have Miami, and then you got Carolina, you got Atlanta, Carolina, Carolina on a short week, and then you got Atlanta to end the season. Man, I so just, you, you got I Miami just, and Carolina at the dome, and then you're at Atlanta to end the regular season. Man, it's crazy because who would have thought that a regular season game against Atlanta would have so much significance? <laughs> Anyone that's watched the Saints for years, <laughs> that's I mean, crazy. You, you you knew that. That's crazy, and that's that is that reiterates why you play to win. Yeah. Oh, what if they don't get the playoffs? They did it all and they hurt their draft stock. If 
enjoy the ride. That's what I'm trying. You came in yesterday sad. I feel like you're in a better mood today, which is good. I'm okay. Just enjoy the moment, James. I will. Enjoy the moments. I will. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, man. You I thought you was family. my friend. But I am you know, your I friend. see that you're not my friend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off on here, man. Merry Christmas and to my friends out there. <laughs> Is that your you imitation know, of me? My friends out there, you know. People who don't set you up. You set know. you up. Be around friends that don't set you up for things, okay? What if they're setting you up for success? What if they're I mean, setting you up for success? I think that's what true What if they didn't do. ask you to set them up for success? A true friend breaks through those barriers, those emotional walls. You know what? He's hurting right now. I'm just trying to get through to him and lift him up. You're right. I mean, we run we run PSAs on here about talking to your friends if they're, you know, mental health or they're struggling Y'all with something. Y'all do for real? Yeah. Y'all really do? Yes. That's cool, so I'm, man. I'm just I'm just answering the bell this Christmas. I appreciate to be there. That's James Butler, my friend. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas to you, too. All right, don't go anywhere. The 8 o'clock hour of The Great Scott Show is coming your way next. Jay Walker will be in studio with me. We'll do a little Terrible Tune Tuesday. We'll look back at the New Orleans Bowl. We'll talk NFL, college football, college hoops, and more. It is all coming your way next right here on The Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Congratulations to the Louisiana Raging Cajun football team on a historic season and a win in the New Orleans Bowl. Lewis has the football, passes away, touchdown Louisiana, and what a pretty 81-yard drive to start. Rewides to the right side, and the give is to Bailey, and it's a touchdown Louisiana. There it is, touchdown Louisiana. Yeah, same play, zone left, comes off the backside, dirty deep. And then they're going belly to belly with him to celebrate. Snap to Lewis. Give to Bailey. Touchdown, Louisiana. Like I said before, pretty good team down there in white now. Yes, they are. Look out. Ball's loose. Cajuns have it. This game is over. Let's count. You start. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Wins in a row. The Louisiana Raging.
Cajun Cajuns, New Orleans Bowl champions. On your home for Louisiana Raging Cajun Athletics, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champions! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. The Tuesday before Christmas. Jay Walker, um, not able to be in studio today, and that's okay. We got him on the phone line this morning. He is uh, here with us. Good morning, Jay. How, how are you on this Tuesday? Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. I'm uh, actually a little bit under the weather, so it's probably just as well I didn't come in. But uh, but I'm here, and I'm uh, smiling. And, you know, the dogs start fighting with each other. You'll, you'll get a serenade this morning. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, uh, let, let's, let's, I, I want to talk some football with you before we do a little TTT. And why don't we start with what unfolded Saturday night. Uh, I was talking to Coach Desermo yesterday, but... Really, to me, a couple of changes there in the fourth quarter. You know, they moved the O-line. They moved Ken Marks back to his natural spot. But I think the big thing about the fourth quarter, Jay, where the Cajuns had been all year was they had owned the time of possession. You know, they were, they were so dominant in that area that by the time they got to the fourth, the conditioning of the team and the fact that, you know, Marshall's defense had been on the field for the bulk of the game, that – once you just start running power, it was it felt like that was it. You know, it was a close game for a while. Marshall led going into the fourth, but I think the conditioning played maybe the biggest part in that whole game on Saturday. I don't disagree. I think um, I think they I think they won the first the, the fourth quarter by winning the first quarter, and um, especially the first quarter because I think it was uh, twelve minutes to three time of possession in the first quarter. Um, yeah, I, I do think that their conditioning took over late. Uh, I think that uh, Marshall, you know, their defense had to be on the field for a long time, and 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 I think it, uh, I think it showed late in the game. But uh, Marshall's a good football team. I knew it would be a good football game. Uh, I knew all of this stuff about oh, why are we playing a seven and five team? I was just hoping that wasn't going to come back to bite them, because Marshall was very capable of beating the Cajuns. They're good enough to do that, but the Cajuns. Um, were the better team, and they showed that they were the better team, and they didn't give Marshall any help, with exception of that big long run by Alley uh, early in the game. So I, you know, uh, but I, but I do agree with you. I, I think the first quarter helped them win the football game. If you just looked at the stat sheet, it's I mean, Cajuns were. I mean, teams were about even on third down, but the Cajuns had more than two hundred yards more than Marshall. They had. 278 passing yards to 99, 220 yards to 187, the majority of which came on Ali and his explosive runs. He had a couple of them. Marshall had more penalties. They were plus, They were minus two. The Cajuns had 15 more minutes time of possession. You know, I mean, I know that, that it wasn't fully done until the Cajuns had that, that last touchdown, although at that point all they needed was a first down and it would have ended. 
but if you just looked at the stat sheet, you would have thought, you know, and didn't didn't know the final score, you would have thought maybe it was more than 15. So, you know, a couple of explosive plays can change the game for Marshall. It's what really kept them in it and ha- gave them a lead briefly. But ultimately, you play the, the, the right kind of football and you own the time of possession. You're going to need more fluky stuff to happen for you to lose. And so the Cajuns in their season 13 in a row, Jay. And, I mean, I, I know that folks will have their, their at some point their sights set on next season and what's to come next but um uh what was uh what was the the, the lobby at the Sheridan like late late Saturday night or should I say early early Sunday morning it was um it was festive amazingly the hotel bar was closed um what I mean what, but it was losing it, money. It, it, it was festive there were a lot of folks who decided that they weren't going to go to bed until the team got back and they got a chance to, to greet them. And there was a very nice, uh, you know, crowd that made a line that, uh, that greeted the team. Some folks, um, you know, some folks chose to go out. Um, I was not one of them, uh, but it was, uh, you know, the people that were there were very excited. And, uh, you know, I want to go back to what you said a minute ago. You take away the three runs by Alley. Take those three plays out of it. And uh, they've got 110 fewer yards in total offense. They've got two fewer touchdowns. They, they had one good drive all night long, and that was it. Uh, they, they made the quarterback a non-factor. And um, this Cajun defense, man, you know, they were so good all year long. And I'm going to give Wes Neighbors a shout-out because he had to be the guy making the calls on defense with Patrick Tony not there. And, and I thought he did a superb job as a defensive coordinator for the game. But, man, it was, again, you take away three plays, and that was just a dominating performance. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. Jay Walker on with us. So uh, in terms of the Cajuns, they've got, obviously, we know a lot to replace. Um, we talked to coach. I talked to Coach Des yesterday and asked him. You know, obviously you say you didn't want to rush it, but I'm sure you have an ideal time where you'd like to to have your staff filled. And he said it was one of the things, one of the many things he was working on last week, and and he hopes to have it done by Christmas. But you know, certainly by New Year's. And uh, my my question to you, Jay, is between the staff, you're going to lose some good players, right, Levi Lewis. <laughs> Uh, you know, Shane Vallow, Taylor Humphrey, uh, Percy Butler, just to name a few. I mean, you're, you're losing some really good players. They're moving on and they're older and they're, they're moving past college. What, what if, if you had to pick one thing, one thing that's the top of the list of, okay, this is the thing they absolutely have to nail down if they want to keep this ascent. What is the one, they got a lot to replace, but what's the one thing they have to nail if they want to keep playing at the level that they've been playing at? They got to, they got to get some fat guys up front. Um, they um, it's a very thin unit uh, this past year, and you know you had uh, Carlos Rubio get hurt early in the season, and you had three or four prime backups that also got hurt, and so you're going to you got to have some numbers on the O line and and some quality numbers. I think that might be a position that they take a look at the portal um, to see if there's somebody there that can come in and give them immediate help. 
If not, then the guys who were injured last year are going to need to be 100% ready to go when next year comes because that's a very, very thin group right now. Max Mitchell, too, didn't even mention him in All-American. I didn't when I was talking about guys they got to replace. But, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to replace there. I, I think I think whoever Coach Desimo hires as strength and conditioning coach is just huge because Mark Hockey, um, you know, he went with Coach Napier to Florida. We were talking about the conditioning of this team earlier, and if you look at the success that the Cajuns have had in the fourth quarter over the last couple of years in the Napier era – I think it shows, you know, there's that period of time where the head coach by rule is not allowed to be around his team in sort of a football capacity. And you got that strength and conditioning coach and that strength and conditioning staff, maybe one or two assistants, right? They're the only ones allowed with them. And it's that year round staying on them, keeping them in there. I think Coach Hockey was, you know, he was the associate head coach, but under Napier, but, but the way that he had this team i mean you talk to a guy like a max mitchell or a zion hill you know some of the better players on the team and they talk about their body transformation not so much the natural thing that comes when you get to college at 18 and leave in your early 20s but the football side of it and what they've been able to do um i i'm with you on the o-line i also think that higher like he's the coach desimo he's I, i know he's got an idea of who he wants and um and we'll see who it is but that one right there i think People are going to look at, you know, coordinators and things like that. Strength and conditioning, Coach Jay, I think is is a huge one for this team to continue the ascent that they've been on the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm going to um, – it's the most important hire that he's going to make. That just took me eight seconds to, to, to say what took you a minute and a half. But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the most important hire any football coach makes is his strength and conditioning guy. Um, so, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um you know, obviously, uh, Billy Napier made a really good one at Mark Hockey. Um, and hockey's going to do great things at Florida. Um, but it's, yeah, you know, the, that that's the most important hire Mike will make. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Prather. Jay Walker on the line with us. The um, <clears throat> the Saints shut out the Bucks. Jay. The, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't run a single play in the red zone Sunday night. Um, raise your hand if you saw that coming. Well, I did say that the Saints would win the game. I said that you, last Tuesday. You said it. You said the Saints are gonna Saints are gonna shock everyone and 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 win. Um, I I'm the fact that the Saints beat the Bucks, something they've done when they had their whole defense healthy. I won't say shocked. I certainly was not expecting it. I didn't pick it. I picked the Saints to lose, but cover the big spread. What's shocking to me is the zero. Right. I mean, I I know last year it was thirty eight to three at Tampa, and I know they've done a good job. For Tampa not to run a single play in the in the red zone all night, that's the stat to me that's just it's just crazy to me. I I, I know Tampa lost some players during the game, but look, the, the Saints have lost plenty of players this season. That zero plays in the in the red zone is nuts. It really is nuts. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, you know, the reason I thought the Saints would win is you know, they've done this to Brady before. And and so therefore there was a there was a, a pattern uh, there, and despite the fact that the Saints have had so many injuries on the defensive side of the football, for the most part they continued to play very good defense all season long. Um, I didn't know if they'd have enough offense to generate enough points, and as it turned out, they didn't score a touchdown, but they didn't have to. Brett Mahar scored every point in the game, which is nuts. And then on top of that. 
you know, you mentioned it, the defense. They got a bunch of guys back right at the right time. They had not had all of their starters on defense since Halloween, which they played the Bucks on Halloween, and they beat them. They got them back for that game, missing a ton on offense. But I think, <clears throat> you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is uh, the man with the Ph.D. in trash talking. He... It, it, some people, I, 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 I see some stuff online of, well, he's not even that good. He's just more known for his trash talking. You know, he gets burned a lot. He has a lot of penalties. Actually, doesn't have very many penalties against him. And <clears throat> for a guy that plays the, the, the spot that he plays, which is like the hybrid safety that they want to play in Dennis Allen's defense, he, I, I think, yes, I do think he's, he's more known for his ability to really get under the skin of an opponent but but I, I don't think it's, well, that's all he's known for, and he's not that good of a player. He is a really good player for what his role is in the Saints defense, and I think he's a big key for him moving forward. Having him out of the lineup for over a month, they were missing him, and uh, getting him back, I mean, you know, the, the, the trolling aside, he is really a key piece to the Saints defense. I don't think there's any question about that, and, and I think, you know, he's playing his best football um, right now. He's I don't think he's an all-pro guy. No, um, no. But he's making he's making significant contribution to this football team, and I, he was kind of all over the place uh, in the game on uh, on Sunday night. So I'm you know I'm with you on that. Tom Brady um, wants the NFL to change rule the rule on on hitting receivers' knees. I don't I don't disagree with Brady there. I also when when the play happened that PJ Williams tackled Chris Godwin. I, I was saying the same thing that Chris Collinsworth went on to say. Um, you know, I was I was watching the game with my family, some nephews there. They're like, was that dirty? I'm like, it's 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 a legal hit. I mean, some legal hits are dirty, but the problem is if you're a DB, you at this point you're just being taught to go low because if you get them anywhere near the face, you could get thrown. You know, you could get a penalty thrown on you. And then Collinsworth went on to say that a few minutes later. And then Bruce Arians yesterday, the Tampa Bay head coach said as much. He's like, "It's a perfectly legal hit. There's nothing illegal about it, right?" He, it's in the context of the game, but this is what's happening around the league because everybody's been told don't don't hit high. And I think, you know, receivers should be a little more protected. But Jay, at that point, if you say, "Well, you can't hit them." below the knee but you can't hit them you know above sort of the the sternum uh, that's what like is is there a way if can the nfl put a rule in place and just give dbs basically one sort of small zone to hit guys uh, now they're just going to start you know throwing themselves into the the midsection i guess or the ribs like at, at what point do you keep changing the rule to where okay you're doing your best to keep players safe but you're still keeping the game i guess I don't want to say fair because it's always going to be the rules are always going to be favoring the offense. But but how do you is this a problem that they can fix? I guess that's my question. Sure, give them flags. Give them flags. Make it flag football. Have 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 the wide receivers wear flags, and that way all you got to do is pull a flag, and the guy's down. You don't have to worry about getting hurt. Give them flags. Give them flags. Yeah, you don't see any rule change coming because now the 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 mighty Tom Brady is pointing it out. How can how can they how can they change the rules? Seriously, how how much more can they put into the rule? You can't hit a defensive 
a defenseless receiver up high, and now you're going to say you can't hit them low either? That's, I, uh, you, you, I, can't, you can't do that. The only thing that you can do is give them flags. At, at some point, they have to have somewhere, and you could say, oh, you hit them in the middle. It, it's, uh, to defend the DBs a little bit, if you're telling them that all they can do <clears throat> is hit somebody and, like, you know, think of how small Deontay Harris is on the Saints, right? I mean, he's shorter than me, Jay. You know, he's short, okay? That's a pretty small area to try to tackle a player that's as shifty as he is. If if you hit him, okay, you can hit him above the knees and below the sternum, but that's it. Like, good luck. I mean, that, I mean, talk about a, what a weapon that would be. You hit him anywhere else. Now, it, it has to do with when they're defenseless, defenseless I get that. But, you know, I, I'm not going to go as far as you and say flags, and I know, I know what you mean when you say that. I just, my point that I've been making is, what is the league supposed to do? Like, you want them to change it, but, like, how far are they supposed to go? You know, I, I don't think well, I don't think you thing, can do it. I don't one, think you can take it that far. One, one thing I think, you know, maybe you could do is you could go ahead as far as the upper, the upper part is concerned is say that you can't hit them above the top of the number. Instead of, in, instead of making it, like, almost from the middle or bottom of the number up, Say so you can't hit them above the top of the number, and then you can't hit them below the waist. That's about the only thing you can do. I mean, it, but I, yeah, and I think that's too much. If you're telling guys that are going full speed, oh, as, agree. Hard, as hard as they can, you can only much, hit but, them in the middle of the numbers. It's it's just a, it's just almost an I don't want to say impossible, but that's a that's a moving target too. Like I, I, I get that people are upset right now. It was a nationally televised game. Brady's upset. Reality is, these tackles have been happening on wide receivers for years now, um, and and it's mm-hmm. picked up a ton since the you know the head rule was put in place, and it's gotten to this point. But you know the NFL, the NFL tends to be so reactive rather than proactive, and and I hope they don't overreact to this. It's unfortunate, you know. Look, nobody nobody wants to see a guy tear his ACL, um, but none of the hits in that Saints Bucks games where the Bucks key players got injured were illegal. None of them. They weren't. There were no flags on any of them. None of them were illegal. So, folks could talk about dirty. I mean, Devin White didn't mean to end Jameis Winston's season and pro- probably changed the trajectory of his career, but it was still an illegal hit. I mean, he still got flagged for it. Um, those hits on Sunday night, those were in the context of the rules. And the Saints, that defense is. I, I just for the Saints to be working with what they're working with on offense to be in the playoff mix. I I got to tip my cap to them, and you know they might not make the playoffs, but the fact that they're playing meaningful games in December, I think uh, I think is a lot of fun, man. I think it's it it makes the games more fun to watch, and the NFL. I I still don't. I'm not. I guess I'm kind of being a hypocrite, Jay, in that I wasn't for the seventh playoff game, but at the same time I'm or seventh playoff team, right, in each conference. But at the same time, I'm enjoying the fact that there's so many teams still in the mix, and that was the point of the whole thing, anyway. Yeah, I agree. Who, uh, who right now today? Who's your who? Who are you thinking is is? I mean, is do you feel like the NFC is wide open here, or do you feel like the Packers, Cowboys are the favorites? Where are you at in the NFC with best teams? Um, all right, right now, honestly, Scott, right now it's just a question of finding a team that's going to lose to the AFC champion. Because the AFC has been kicking the NFC's butt all year long, and um, so you know, is it the is it down to the the Cowboys and Packers? Well, they look like the two best teams right now. 
Um, but I still think that, you know, there are other teams that have some capability if they get some injured guys back or whatever. But I don't know that it matters. I think the AFC this year is that much better than the NFC is. And don't look down. The Chiefs have won five in a row. So there it is. ESPN Lafayette. Well, the Dolphins have won six in a row. The Dolphins have won six in a row. The Dolphins who started one and seven. And uh, that's going to be a big one Monday night at the Dome. Dolphins and the Saints. Uh, the current line for that game is Saints minus three. Pay attention to uh, that one and see how much it may move here in uh, in the coming days. All right, that's Jay Walker. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Jay Walker is hanging out with me this morning via the phone line. Um, Jay, I, I got a message from a listener regarding your pick of Christmas shoes on Terrible Tune Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the listener said... Let me make sure I get it right here. Christmas shoes is actually about a young Norman Bates buying shoes for his mother. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's yeah. Nice. That's good. Um, bowl games, Jay. Uh, first off, I mean, I know like Texas A&M shut down everything with, with what's happening currently in regards to COVID and a lot of positive tests. Do you, do, you, do you foresee any of these bowl games possibly being canceled here in the coming days? Um, well, you know, they have, you've got so many numbers to choose from. I, you know, I think there's a good chance that, um, that the games will get played, but I, but I, I will say this, and I'm just going to take it to another sport. You can expect many college basketball games to be whacked because of COVID. I know I heard from Danny Reed uh, over at Georgia Southern, they were at the airport getting ready to leave for Fordham when they got the call, the game was canceled. Uh, and now you've got all these student athletes going home for the holidays. Um, I think I think January and February are going to be boogers now, as far as as far as getting games in. I I firmly expect you're going to see scores, if not hundreds of games, get canceled because of COVID in college basketball. Do you think that the conferences will change any aspect of their testing policy the way the NFL did? I mean, maybe not the exact same way, but in terms of. You know, just with with the changing, or do you think this is what they're rolling with pretty much for the rest of the season? Yeah, I you know I really don't know. Uh, I've got you know I've got no evidence to speak one way or the other. I ju- I just know that th- th- this is this is cranking up again. And while it doesn't appear to be as serious as some of the strains, of, you know, from a from a, is it going to kill you standpoint? Right. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that this thing is back out there again and numbers are going up and the college sports are going to be affected by it. The Idaho Potato Bowl and the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl today. I think I think those two bowl games, the one tonight, uh, you know, the Frisco Bowl, which if the Sun Belt could possibly play in it because it's one of those ESPN bowls owned by, you know, that's run by ESPN where they could put uh, a school from different G5s in it. But it's UTSA and San Diego State. I think in terms of G5 versus G5, this is one of the better remaining bowls. I have I have some interest in that. UCF versus Florida, for sure. I have interest in that one. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at all the bowls. I mean, by the time LSU plays, I'll be interesting. And, and what do they do, a quarterback? <laughs> the NCAA's like, no, Nussmar, you can't do it. Uh, outside of the the 
the, the Cotton Bowl and, and the Orange Bowl, which is the college football playoff on December 31st. What bowls kind of have your attention where you're like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not watching every single one of these, but I need to carve out some time and check this out. Well, you uh, you mentioned a couple of them that were on my list as well. Florida and UCF is is man, that's got all kinds of stories within stories. You know, you've got you've got uh, interstate schools. Um, one of them in the in the G five. One of them in the P five. The P five's got an interim coach. Um, the G five school has a guy who's coached in the SEC. So there are a lot of storylines there. And I think the, you know the LSU game as well. I think any game where you have an interim coach. I, I think that makes the game a little bit more interesting because now you've got some unknowns that creep in that you really don't have answers for as far as, you know, the pregame talk are concerned. Um, I, I think the interim coach adds something to that. So any of the games that have uh, interim coaches that are going to be the head coach, they, they all, they all, surprise, um, they all uh, intrigue me. In terms of the college football playoff, and, and I guess we'll, we'll hit on this a little bit more next week, but uh, kind of early on, between Bama, Cincinnati, Georgia, Michigan, I mean, you, you, the problem, I think, with these, especially the ones it seems like when they've been played on New Year's Eve, but these games haven't been, there haven't been too many great ones. There have been a few, I mean, I remember Oklahoma, Georgia, an overtime game. A lot of the college football playoff semifinal games, since they went to the four-team format, have been stinkers. They've been blowouts. Are we going to get blowouts this year? Or do you think we're going to get some close games? Um, I, I no. I think I think they're both. Um, I think both favorites are going to cover the spread. All right. I, I think both favorites will cover the spread. The, um, you know, I everybody's talking about the twelve team playoff. I hope that it happens. Um. But you just hit on something that brings up a point other people are making. If these semifinal games are blowouts, why why haven't we just gone back to the BCS when they took the two best teams and they let them play each other? There've been a couple. Well, I mean, the the answer is always, as you know, going to be money. Um, sure. And uh, <clears throat> they see twelve teams. They see potentially more money, especially for the conferences that can get multiple teams in there. Uh, it will be. I, I hope. Look, I want good games. That's what I hope for, just as 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 a consumer. But the reality is, a lot of these have been stinkers. And if it's Bama and Georgia just beating down their opponents, and then they play each other again, okay, uh, let's here we go again. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I think with the fourteen playoff, I don't think I, I think you've seen it start to have an impact on the bowl games because the New Year's six. This is just me, Jay. The New Year's six does not in my opinion, have the feel of, I guess, the prestige and sort of big game nature that the other BCS games had. Like you had the BCS National Championship, and then you had the three other BCS games, and then eventually they just had the four other BCS games and the BCS National Championships. But when it was those three or those four games, those games felt bigger than the, the New Year's Six. Is that, is that just me, or do you, do you feel like that's kind of just been a byproduct of, of including more teams in the, in the dance, so to speak. Well, you know, when you, when you decided that you were going to go to four teams and then that was the only thing that you were going to talk about, because that's what has happened now. There I mean, you, you, you know, you go to any halftime, all they're talking about 
are the four teams that are playing for the national championship. When that's all you talk about, you diminish the other New Year's Six Bowl games, and now they're just perceived as, okay, well, it's another game that doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I think we, we, have, um, we have seen the enemy, and it is us. You know, we, we, we squawked, we wanted this, we wanted this, we wanted this. Well, then you got this, and now, you know, the Rose Bowl, which has always been such a great game, now we're not talking about it at all. And, and, but that's, our, that's of our own doing, dude. It used to be BCS National Championship 1-2, who's getting in, but the idea of a team getting into the Fiesta or the Rose or the Sugar or the Orange was a big deal in those conferences. Uh, and, in, and in college football in general, it was talk all year, Rose Bowl. You know, Ohio State's playing Utah, and it's like, again, what about the day before when you're playing these two semifinal games? So you expand it to 12. Good luck keeping those, you know, uh, prestige bowls, you know, prestigious. Good luck. I mean, every year, I mean, I, you know, Georgia's playing, I could, maybe it was Baylor, one of those sugar bowls the last couple of years. The tickets are still super expensive, but the upper bowl, the dome isn't, isn't full. You just go get tickets the day of the game because the sugar, when it's not in the college football rotation, does not have the sizzle, does not have the prestige, does not have the, the big game feel that it used to prior to the, the college football playoffs. So that's been a byproduct of it. And when you move to 12, I think that's only going to get, uh, you know, I think, I think that's only going to strengthen. In the meantime, that is Jay Walker. He's got some dogs he needs to tend to. Jay, my friend, Merry Christmas. I appreciate you taking the time. All the best to you and the fam. And uh, I know I'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it, Scott. Merry Christmas to you and, and, and Lizzie and the kids and everybody listening in Cajun Nation. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good uh, celebration this weekend, I'm sure. All right, my friend. Take it easy, brother. All right, man. All right, Dan Patrick's next. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Nick Underhill lined up to join me. Working on some other guests as well. Don't go anywhere. for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajun football team on a historic season and a win in the New Orleans Bowl. Lewis has the football. Passes away. Touchdown, Louisiana. And what a pretty 81-yard drive to start. Rewides to the right side. And the give is to Bailey, and it's a touchdown, Louisiana. There it is. Touchdown, Louisiana. Yeah, same play. Zone left. Comes off the backside. Dirty Dave Hudson in there going belly to belly with him to celebrate. Snap to Lewis. Give to Bailey. Touchdown, Louisiana. Like I said before, pretty good team down there in white now. Yes, they are. Look out. Ball's loose. Cajuns have it. This game is over. Let's count. You start. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Wins in a row. Louisiana Raging Cajuns, New Orleans Bowl champions. On your home for Louisiana Raging Cajun Athletics, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.